You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, trade and technology, politics, security, and a lot more. I'm Jeff Rathke, president of the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. Cameroon, Southwest Africa, now Namibia, Nigeria, Togo, the South Pacific. Those are all places where German colonialism played a major role in the 19th and early 20th centuries. And a century later, the legacy of colonialism is playing an increasing role in Germany's 21st century foreign policy. This is a result, in one way, of one of the successes of post-war Germany, its extensive attempts to address the crimes against other nations and against humanity during the period of National Socialist rule from 1933 to 1945. Nothing can erase or compensate for those crimes fully, but the Federal Republic of Germany's commitment to transparency and reconciliation has brought Germany a level of international respect and even trust, earning it a reputation for contrition and reliability that facilitated its return to a central role in the international political and economic system. The strong German relationship with Israel is a prime example. The acknowledgement of the past with respect to the Holocaust and Germany's efforts to keep that memory alive in the current day is described as Germany's memory culture and reconciliation policy. We are, by the way, very proud at the American German Institute that one of our scholars was a pathbreaker who quite literally wrote the book on Germany's policy of reconciliation, Dr. Lily Gardner Feldman, who remains a senior fellow here. The critical faculties of German scholars and the vision of statesmen and women, along with the drive to research, understand, and where possible to redress, have brought about a new era of reassessing Germany's history, especially the colonial period of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. The push to colonize and to achieve national aggrandizement through overseas empires began later in Germany than it did elsewhere in Europe especially because the unification of Germany first progressed in the mid-19th century and was finalized in the Franco-Prussian War of 1870-71. But the colonizing impulse was no less fervent thereafter. In fact, many sought feverishly to make up for lost time. German pursuit of colonial possessions led to conflict with native peoples and with other European colonial powers, and it was also the impetus for ambitious international diplomacy and, at times, for reckless challenges to the international order. By the time of the First World War, German colonial possessions included large parts of Western, Eastern, and Southern Africa, as well as in the Pacific. In some cases, cultural treasures were stolen. And in the first decade of the 20th century, in what is now Namibia, between 1904 and 1908, German colonial authorities carried out crimes against the Herero and Nama peoples, atrocities that are considered by many scholars to be the world's first genocide. Indeed, the German government for several years has officially referred to it as genocide. Germany's defeat in World War I led to the liquidation of the overseas empire, not through the granting of independence to colonized peoples, but instead with the victorious powers taking over. One result of this is that much of the memory of German exploitation outside Europe was lost to the public consciousness, especially in comparison to the legacies that still mark the foreign relations of countries like the United Kingdom and France. The skills and instincts of German memory culture are applied increasingly to Germany's colonial history, not only by scholars, but increasingly as an element of German foreign policy. Here to talk with us about how the German government 
and perhaps more broadly German society, are trying to address the legacy of colonialism is Katja Coyle, state minister at the German Foreign Office. State Minister Coyle is a member of the Green Party and has been a member of the German Bundestag since 2009. Her position is akin to deputy foreign minister. Dr. Eric Langenbacher, director of our Society, Culture, and Politics program, and I spoke with her on June 26, 2023. State Minister Katja Coyle, welcome to the, to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be there. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm joining you from Nienburg-Weser, which is a small town between Hanover and Bremen. Okay, um, wonderful. Um, maybe the first time we've had uh, a recording from uh, Niedersachsen. Um, we're we're with you today to talk about Germany's approach to Germany's colonial legacy, and in particular, the the current government, uh, coalition government, made up of three parties. Uh, one thing that I found striking is that it's, this even is represented in the coalition agreement. Um, there is a section on culture and uh, the, the government commits itself um, to certain things, uh, in particular in the context of Germany's relations with Africa and the global south. Um, is this a deliberate part of German strategy? toward the global south? Uh, is that how we should look at this? Uh, or, or how how does this, uh, you know, come into come into being in this current government's uh, plans? Well, I would say the question of colonial legacy um, started about, well, I would say maximum 10 years ago, and it was pushed very much in the beginning by the civil society before it became part of a, of a coalition treaty. Um, and our political decision as a government was to have a new partnership with uh, African uh, countries and have a more uh, partnership on eyesight and intensify the relations. So both of these things kind of started at a different point, but of course they're coming together now because both will be part in strengthening these relationships to build up a better future, to look into the past as well, and then to talk about future relationships. Mm -hmm. And and is this, you know, there's sort of, if I think about this in the supply side and the, the demand side, uh, clearly, as you've said, the uh, you know, there has been um, uh, increasing attention from civil society in Germany. Um, what kind of demand signals uh, d do you experience from countries that suffered um, uh, under Germany's uh, colonial period is is this uh, also an instance where you're having uh, this raised by uh, by foreign governments uh, directly? Well, it's very different and dif uh, different from each country. So we have like four major countries we are looking at. Of course, there are more countries uh, touched by colonial past, but the four main countries they are all very different. And so, for example, the situation in Namibia is a very different one from Tanzania or Cameroon. We have a very um, political, very much politicized debate in Namibia. So we have demands, very strong demands from Namibia to deal with it. While from other countries, we mainly have some families or communities or civil societies, but not so much the governments. Um, so we have to look at each country 
um, itself and see what is what is the need, what is the debate, and how do we how can we come together? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I, Eric, uh, my colleague Eric Langenbacher, um, uh, will come in in just a second. But I wanted to come back to this question of of a German strategy toward the toward the global south. Um, uh, it, do you see this as something which then um, is a demonstration? of Germany's uh, intent to approach um, as equals um, countries of the global South, uh, or are these more specific uh, issues related to a particular time period? Um, to what degree is this a part of a part of a grand strategy? Well, I would say it's, it's hard um, of having better and more intensive uh, relations, but it's not the only one. Of course, the 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 strategy about the global south is also about climate protection. Uh, so there's about security policies. So there's more to it than than just the question of the past. But as I said, the past, of course, is important when you when you really want to establish stronger relationship also towards the future. So there is something something we have to do about the past but it's not it's not only about that it's yeah <laughs> yeah understood eric uh please you wanted to come in yeah if i could just jump in for a second especially on this issue of the overall policy uh so i, I recall reading that uh you know one of the big steps in german restitution efforts was I guess late last year when 22 Benin bronzes were were um, returned to the country of Nigeria, but that also this process was begun under the last government, and in particular the um, the former cultural minister, um, uh, Monica Grutes, had kind of started these negotiations. So I think that's interesting because it shows continuity despite, you know, changes in the partisan composition of the government. But in your mind, how does your approach differ from what previous governments have done vis-a-vis -vis restitution and the global south more generally? So absolutely, you're right. The The process about restitution started uh, during the last uh, government already. As I said, it started really from, it's been pushed by civil society, and then it kind of uh, became also uh, relevant in, in government uh, policy. So concerning the, the looking at the Benin bronzes, I would say we build up on what has been done before. It's not completely different. This is not a new political decision, but we'll go, we're going to continue on that basis. That was late in 2019 with the framework principles and the agreements between the, uh, the Bundesländer and the local um, level and federal level. So there's there was a consensus built there that um, cultural objects from colonial context should be returned when there is, uh, especially when there's a context of violence. So that's where we're building up on it. It's not completely new, but we'll follow that line. Yes. Maybe, maybe a word um, on the on the very complex domestic um, uh, negotiations that that the federal government has had to uh, lead, because you have different. Um, ownership uh, structures, uh, you have state governments as well as uh, museums. Um, can can you can you say a little bit more about how the German government has sought to to deal with critical voices at home 
um, that might be skeptical, for example, about returning uh, uh, pieces of cultural property or that uh, might otherwise um, uh, be doubtful about uh, about the policy? How difficult has that consensus building process been? Uh, well, I would say this consensus has already been built in the last under the last government, and the the I mean, there's critical voices from both sides, which is always a sign that you're doing something right if you're criticized <laughs> from both sides. But but uh, right now, actually, the the critical voices say that that say that it shouldn't be returned. They're they're not very loud anymore because there is this broad consensus among the museums uh, about the among the institutions. And among the, the the local and federal governments, so um, there have been critical voices about the Benin bronzes. We know that people said you shouldn't return them because they're going to go to the Ober, which actually they did. But um, based on our principles, we say, well, we return it to the legitimate government, and then they can decide what they. Uh, want to do uh, it's not uh, up to us to tell them how to to deal with them so um there's been a, a debate about the benin bronzes but otherwise i would say right now the consensus is quite broad so we can build upon uh, up on that and and so i'm i'm sure we'll come to talk a little bit more about the benin bronzes because as you say there's been uh, some very interesting uh, turns of events in recent months even um, but as a more general matter, um, is there is there a target um, or no, let me ask it differently. Um, is there unanimity um, in uh, among uh, museums and other relevant institutions and state governments on the return of of all um, cultural property uh, that is the result of colonial, exploitation let's say um or are there areas where there still needs to be progress made well it's going to be a case by case approach um so for all these cultural objects provenience questions need to be answered and yeah. they should be answered in uh, cooperation with the um with the communities that they came from so this is this is i would say the consensus and then Sometimes you have uh, collections and then you ask the the museum would ask the community and they would say, well, we appreciate that this is here in Berlin and it can stay there or whatever differently or we want it back. So it's it's not that we decide that everything has to be restituted, but we want to work on on those provenance questions together with those who are concerned and then see what the needs are and if things have to be returned or not. But if there is, like with the Benin bronzes, such a clear violence um, uh, context, then then it is it is clear that it should be returned. Yes. Mm -hmm. But as so, then as a as a as a general matter, um, is is it fair to say then that there is unanimity in the German uh, government and cultural communities that uh, anything. Um, that was, uh, let's say, um, the result of cultural exploitation and that can be demonstrated that that item will be returned. If those that has been stolen from 
uh, decide. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, so I think that's uh, that's a pretty remarkable um, uh, level of national consensus, um, and I really appreciate your laying that out in 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 a bit more detail. Uh, Eric, over to you. Thanks. Um, while we're on the topic of restitution. Um, of course, it's not just artworks that were looted that are being discussed, but also human remains, uh, specifically from Namibia. And I know that uh, a few years ago, many remains were um, returned, but there are still some that remain, which, you know, I find a little surprising. I would think that that would have been the first thing to have been completely resolved, but it, I guess it just doesn't seem resolved yet. So um, do you have any thoughts on where the process in returning human remains uh, uh, lies? Yes, indeed. And that's a very, very important question. I even consider it more important than the restitution of cultural object because uh, I would speak about ancestral remains or the ancestors. And um, it's a huge problem because there is a lot more uh, ancestral remains in Germany than uh, only the ones that, that you mentioned. And um, the there's already a, a good procedure for returning ancestors to Australia or New Zealand because there the governments they have already agreements and procedures with their First Nations so that uh, takes place uh, regularly that delegations come to Germany and take back their ancestors but with African countries of course it is a different situation and we don't have these these procedures we are just at the beginning starting to find out how that can be uh, proceeded um and for namibia they had they have been three times there have been restitutions um of ancestors uh but um they are in namibia now um but it's not clear yet where they if they can be buried or where they will be uh, what will happen to them. So they're in the capital, I think, uh, somewhere in the uh, National Museum. But of course, that's not the end of the line. So uh, I think it's important that before we return ancestors, there is a clear understanding of what the descendants uh, need and want, what kind of uh, ceremonies they they need or what places the ancestors should go to so this is very very sensitive and it has to be cleared with the governments the national governments on on the one side and of course with the descendants and uh, the most important thing of course is uh, as well is uh, provenance so there's a lot of uh, provenance research going on uh in the in different institutions um who have ancestor remains but a lot of them will probably they say probably 80 percent of them will probably not be clear for where they come from but i think it is very i'm convinced it is our obligation to do as much provenance as we can so that when we know where they come from and more and more results are just kind of um uh, we, we have more and more knowledge about the, the provenience. Uh, so I try to, to talk on the government level and then we need to find out what kind of ceremonies and procedures there can be. But it is very, very important because the, uh, the descendants, some descendants actively search for their grandfather or great-grandfather's head in Germany. So 
it is important because of that relationship to the ancestors that these communities, these ethnic groups have, and they feel like they're cut off from their ancestors and also their than their culture if the, these um, if these remains cannot be returned. Right. So, so just to follow up on that, because I was going to ask that there seemed to be a, a difference in policy towards art and towards ancestor remains, because it seems that the policy for art is, you know, if it's Nigeria's, we'll send it to Nigeria and they'll decide who gets it, where it will be displayed, et cetera. But with human remains, it seemed like you were taking a different approach. And I guess it all comes down to the provenance research. And uh, so I guess there is consistency there, if that is your overriding principle of um, um, you know, how to proceed. Well, but also with cultural objects, we really like to see that the uh, local communities are being involved uh, by the governments because there are demands from certain groups. There's families, there's communities traveling to Germany and saying this is, all this belongs belong to my ancestors. And then we cannot just give it to a government so this is it's it's the same problem um to have a to build a, a consensus about the procedures on both sides on our side and then of course uh, on the african side as well all right well maybe i'll um, pop in with another question unless jeff you had a please go ahead go ahead eric well, I wanted to also, because I know that our time is limited, I also wanted to talk a little bit about how uh, the German government's position on these various issues aligns or does not with some of your key allies and partners. I'm thinking of the French, the British, uh, the Americans also have a lot of uh, colonially looted art in various museums as well. So just from your perspective in government, is this something where there is not just domestic, but also international consensus or, or what are the big kind of um, points of disagreement with, with other allied powers? Yeah, that's a good question. And we are in exchange, of course, with our neighbors. The, there's the one you mentioned and also the Belge, uh, Belgians, um, of course. And at the beginning of uh, of the legislative period, I, I, I traveled to Paris and I talked to the cultural minister there. And uh, also in, in Washington and in New York, we, we had these debates. Uh, and I think it's important to exchange. But so far, I found that um, there's not one European solution. So every country needs, seems to have to find their own way to deal with it. And um, there, sometimes there's not the consensus is not so broad. The question should what should be returned and what not. And then they have of course, completely different uh, property rights and different um, levels. Like in, in our federal republic, the, the cu most cultural objects belong to institutions on the on the lender level or on the community level. So it's not, it's and, and they they are able to to make decisions and return cultural objects without laws having to be passed. But and. Uh, looking at France, they they told us it's very complicated. They need uh, for each object that they return because it's centralized. They need a law to permit them to 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 um, to restitute. And uh, then in, in in Great Britain, there's also a completely different legal situation. So 
because of these different legal situations, uh, there needs to be different solutions as well. But of course, it's important to exchange on the on the political question and on the question of is there a consensus or not, and what is our obligation and whatnot. So this is this exchange is something, of course, I'm really interested in int- intensifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh- State Minister, you alluded earlier in the conversation to the particular situation of the Benin bronzes and the decision by the Nigerian president in uh, March of this year uh, to uh, to declare that the Oba of Benin would be the owner of all of the restituted Benin bronzes um, now and in the future. Does this, of course, Germany had already returned um, a large number of bronzes at the end of of last year. Um, Does this change in any way uh, the German government's view moving forward uh, on restitution? Uh, I think the answer might be implied by what you said, but I want to address it directly. No, it won't change uh, our policy because that's exactly what we said. Um, uh, And we just talked about how important it is to include the... um, uh, the communities, the ethnic groups or the families who those objects belong to, which is also the Oba. And if in Nigeria there is a big consensus that the Oba plays an important role, then it is not our role to explain to Nigerians what they what they are going to do with those Benin bronzes. So uh, this will not change our policy. Of course, we are, we are going to... Um, we are we are staying interested and we are supporting we are supportive for the building of a museum where the Benin bronzes can be exhibited. Um, but we we, dis, we the decision to um, to give the property rights back to Nigeria has been made and there will not be a a, a change of policy in that. Mm-hmm. But in in that case. Um... It was a decision by the Nigerian national level authority, not the result of German consultations with local communities, uh, I'm gathering. Um, Or was the German government involved in 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 as the Nigerian president was considering this move? Uh, no, that's that's the Nigeria decision. We we didn't have any uh, um, uh, talk to the to the over himself about the. Um, the future of the Benin bronzes, but I mean, this is not. If if there is, I'm not saying that we need to do all the um, the negotiations with the local level in Africa, but what we need to see is that governments and local levels on the African side are having a finding a consensus about what's going to happen to these cultural objects so it's but it's not us deciding on that it's their decision right right and uh, does this have any effect um you know germany has if i understand correctly uh, has made a commitment to uh, provide funds for the construction of the uh, the planned uh, uh, edo museum of west african art um, I think that's what you were referring to before. Does that change um, Germany's plans in that regard? Because there's now uncertainty about whether any of the restituted works uh, would be exhibited publicly at all, um, let alone in that particular museum. How does that affect things? 
So what, what we supported uh, already is the construction of the pavilion, uh, which in the future plans for the Edo Museum should be part of it. But the, the museum is not built yet and there's not the, the only money we invested was for the pavilion. Mm -hmm. And this this pavilion, uh, we will continue, and it's going to be finished. And then uh, we're we still hope that there will be also Benin bronzes showed in that pavilion. Um, but that's what we supported. So we don't know exactly about the plans for the museum will ever be realized. But the pavilion will. Mm -hmm. Understood. All right, if, if I could maybe uh, jump in, and I know that we're almost out of time, but um, I'm really interested in the bigger picture here and how, I mean, as you said, State Minister, you have to have a tailored policy towards each of the former uh, 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 colonized countries. Um, and then obviously policy towards Africa more generally might be different towards policy towards other regions. But I'm just wondering about a more kind of unified German policy towards restitution. So for instance, I know that for decades, since the end of World War II, there's been um, art that the Soviets looted from German museums that's been in the Soviet Union and now Russia, and that the German government has consistently you know, um, pushed a line for restitution there. And now, of course, there are you know, credible reports that the Russians have looted quite a bit of, of artwork uh, from Ukraine. So I'm just wondering, uh, uh, what the German government's stance is towards, you know, art that was in German museums that's now in Russia and what Russians might be doing uh, in Ukraine and how that kind of relates to what you're doing in Africa, a kind of more general policy of restitution. Well, actually, I think that was the beginning of the debate, really. Um, there's always been the... Um, we always try to restitute cultural objects that have been looted, uh, by the way, especially by Germany, more than from Germany. But of course, also with the Soviet Union, there was an exchange on how to restitute cultural objects on both sides, because that's that's a legal position that is clear that um, uh, in international law, uh, cultural heritage has not to leave the country, not in war times, but has to stay where it is. So uh, there, there have been uh, negotiations off and on with with Soviet Union and even with Russia until until ninety, starting I think ninety ninety two, um, which of course right now are not taking place. But what we are doing is of course we are doing everything to help Ukraine to protect their cultural heritage. So um, I'm not sure about the amount that has been removed by Russians from Ukraine, but of course there's a big danger of cultural heritage being destroyed right now in Ukraine. So um, we have uh, started um, uh, actions to protect those uh, cultural objects with different means, uh, be it sending experts or digitalization or just also some how you call it some packing material really to, to really physically be able to protect these things from from destruction this is something that we've been focusing on from the very beginning of the war well Katya Coyle this has been a fascinating discussion about the the human aspects 
um, of uh, Germany's colonial legacy. And I think you rightly uh, pointed out that you have to begin there before you start talking about uh, objects, cultural property, uh, as significant as those may be. But also the politics uh, and the the international relations dimension um, of uh, of Germany's efforts to uh, to deal with its colonial legacy, uh, whether that's through uh, restitution uh, or other gestures of reconciliation. So thank you for spending uh, this time uh, with us. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to having all of our listeners with us uh, again on the next episode of The Zeitgeist. Thanks for listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast produced by the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. You may know us under our old name, the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies. Send us your feedback by email at info at AICGS.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we have new handles at A-M-G-E-R-I-N-S-T. And also please visit our website at AmericanGerman.Institute formerly AICGS, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks. Thanks.